Welcome to All Hours, a Kevin B. Harrington NIOP Ambassador podcast. Here, we focus on what's going on at the New Hampshire Institute of Politics and some of the important issues facing the nation today. I'm Kenneth, and I'm joined by my guest host, James. Today, what happened on President's Day here at NIOP. Next, a chat about a pizza politics event about bell hooks. And what's going on with the Voting Rights Act? Despite students still going to class on President's Day, the New Hampshire Institute of Politics still had a program to celebrate the holiday. On February 21st, several of our student ambassadors hosted our annual President's Day event, starting with an opening speech and presentation by Geisel Librarian Christine Clayton. Clayton is the head of cataloging and metadata at the library on the Presidency Unfurled, Context, Landmarks, and Legacy a special archive of biographies, memoirs, and monographs with publication dates ranging from the 1900s to the present. The collection gathered over a 25-year span was gifted to the New Hampshire Institute of Politics by Arthur P. Young and Patricia F. Young. Several presidential biographical series are held in their entirety. Clayton also went into detail regarding another collection from Alan B. Hawkins. The Hawkins Collection features approximately 500 bound volumes, ranging in date from 1860 to 2009, specifically documenting the public discourse about the life, death, and legacy of Abraham Lincoln, including extensive 20th century scholarship, as well as many varieties of popular literature from the 1850s to the present. After the presentation, students were offered tours of the building from staff and ambassadors alike, On display was all of the political memorabilia the NIHOP has throughout the building, including our West Wing and political library. The event had a great turnout and was a great opportunity for those to come and learn about the presidents and see all of the intriguing political archives that the NIHOP has to offer. Some of the items showcased include photos from candidates who have come to campus, books that have been signed by past presidents, memorabilia like campaign signs, hats, and much more. With each passing election, the history of the NIHOP expands, with the sight of new candidates and extraordinary citizens who might just become the next president of the United States. Sounds like a great event. On February 22nd, the New Hampshire Institute of Politics hosted a pizza and politics event that focused on the work of Bell Hooks, a prominent African-American feminist who made it her mission to raise awareness about how harmful gender, racial, and class norms can be on society as a whole. Presented by Professor Higgins of the Politics Department, ambassadors and students alike were able to learn a lot about Hook's philosophy under the lens of civic engagement. Joining us today is James to talk about the event. James, could you give us a little bit more background about Ms. Hooks? Yeah, so as it turns out, Bell Hooks is just a pen name that was used by Gloria Jean Watkins. It was actually the name of her grandmother, who shared the same inquisitiveness as Watkins did about why society functions the way it does. In fact, Watkins' parents repeatedly compared her to her grandmother as a sort of insult in an attempt to stop her from continuing down this path. Clearly, that didn't work, as Hooks adopted her grandmother's name as her own and continued to question societal norms that she felt dictates our current way of life. Until she was old enough to truly voice her own opinions in her published writings, it's also worth noting that Hooks was born during 1952 in Hopkinsville, Kentucky, which historically was a period when segregation was still accepted, and even the societal norm, particularly in the South. Can you give us some insight into what Hook's goals and aspirations were? Well, as someone who quickly realized from an early age that African American women were treated differently from everyone else, Hook sought to raise awareness about how often, without even realizing it, we tend to treat certain groups of people in a higher regard than others. 
Hook specifically focused her attention in the area of feminism, but despite that, actually heavily criticized previous feminist movements for not being inclusive enough and stepping too far away from their mission to attain equality. Hooks defined feminism as a movement to end sexism, sexist exploitation and oppression, and that it is a definition which should imply that all sexist thinking and action is the problem. Whether those who perpetuate it are female, male, child, or adult. In essence, Hooks attributed the behaviors, attitudes, and roles that are expected from us by society, specifically those regarding feminism, as a sort of unconscious bias shared by everyone, both men and women, even if we aren't aware of it. Another point that Hooks tried to make throughout her life's work was the idea of intersectionality, which she used to describe people who fall under multiple categories that tend to be discriminated against, such as social class, race, and gender. Her solution to combat this was that she would first acknowledge this structural oppression present in society, and then create communal bonds of solidarity that go against this oppression. In regard to civic engagement, how did Hook suggest that individuals address the public in order to get them more involved in their respective movements? Professor Higgins summarized Hook's ideas for how to engage the public on the topic of oppression, or really any political topic for that matter, in a three simple points. First, how can you define issues to get to the heart of the matter? That is, how can you simplify an idea into a single word or phrase that easily captures the entire message that you are trying to convey? Next, how can you best get everyone involved behind your mission? And finally, can you decide to remain accepting of different opinions, but still try to respectfully educate others about your own views? Well, thank you for that part, James. Be sure to look forward to our upcoming pizza and politics events in the next couple of weeks. One of the most hotly contested issues in politics over these past couple of months has been the rules and regulations surrounding voting. Many people claim that there has been a concerted effort by state governments to restrict voting by certain groups, especially minorities. Because of this, the Freedom to Vote Act was introduced to Congress by Democrats, and it would impose more uniform federal rules and regulations aimed at protecting the right to vote for all citizens. For this month, I'll be taking the affirmative for the Freedom to Vote Act, while James here will be taking the negative. While the description of the bill makes it seem like an obviously positive law, there are many people that argue that it is almost entirely unnecessary and disagree with the notion that it is an attack on everyone's right to vote. The rules and regulations that currently surround voting in many states are merely aimed at protecting the legitimacy and integrity of our elections and are aimed at preventing voter fraud and other election scams. But there's also no evidence of any large-scale voter fraud anywhere in the country, so there is no necessity for stringent rules and regulations that could potentially deny some people their constitutional right to vote in our elections. There is also little backing for the claim that there are large portions of the American electorate that are being restricted or prohibited from executing their constitutional right to vote. To summarize, I'm saying that the bill should pass in order to guarantee that there isn't a single citizen in any state who's being denied their constitutional right to vote. Because of this, the federal government should use this bill to enact more uniform voting regulation that would override the laws of states that could be preventing people from voting. On the other hand, I'm arguing that the bill should not be passed. We must make sure that our elections are safe and secure from any type of election fraud or tampering. Because of this, states must be able to implement rules and regulations that they believe will guarantee the security of their elections. 
that's going to do it for this month's episode of the All Hours Kevin B. Harrington NIOP Ambassador Podcast. Thank you for listening in. I've been your host, Kenneth, alongside my guest host, James. Special thanks. Always remember, when it comes to politics, the only stop is NIOP. <laughs> <laughs>